0: This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stener and myself, Matthew Schlommerwitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created.
1: For this episode, we spoke to composer Ivan Bühne about his ongoing project Schubert Lounge, which is his cover song take on romantic composer Franz Schubert's canonical German Lieder. Ivan explains his personal connection to the romantic chamber music tradition, to the mainstream pop music of the 60s, 70s and 80s, and the methods he applies when transposing Schubert to a pop idiom and performing his Schubert covers for a live audience. My name is Ivan Buene. I'm a composer and writer, working mainly with instrumental music, writing for ensembles and orchestras, and I do the odd project with mixed media. My music often sounds like, this or sometimes like this but in this podcast i'm going to show you one of my labors of love that i call Schubert lounge and that sounds different right now i'm sitting in a room in my house in oslo it's my working loft where i have all my books a couch for daydreaming and coffee breaks and my mother's old dining room table five meters long and excellent for spreading out sketches pages of scores and of course my laptop this is also where my schubert lounge project started i was at an impasse deep into some rather complicated orchestral score and instead of lying down on the couch staring out into the treetops I sat down at my battered piano in the corner and started playing the introduction to one of Schubert's songs from memory. It was a bit you heard just a minute ago. And I liked the simplicity and straightforwardness of these chords and I fetched an old collection of Schubert songs I had lying around I put the music on the piano and tried to sing.
0: Just like a cloud above me Sailing through the clear blue sky And in the tops of pine trees A gentle breeze will rise Just like that cloud I wonder. That's bright and cheerful Alone, no one to greet Oh, why a day so peaceful
1: The Schubert experts out there will hear that I have simplified a few things in the piano part and altered the melody here and there, but mainly I keep pretty close to Schubert's score. And since I'm really no pianist, I had to practice a lot until I got a grip of that simple accompaniment. And since I really liked this song and how it lent itself to a singer-songwriter ethos, I thought I'd check out more of Schubert's songs. This was 10 years ago. and. At that point, I knew very little about Schubert's songs. Of course, I'd heard Winterheiser more than a few times, but the music didn't linger in me, like, say, The Brahms' Requiem or certain pieces by Luigi Nono. And to be honest, it's taken me many years to understand and get a feeling for the classical voice. Now, this might sound strange coming from a classically trained composer, but I didn't grow up with classical music. And it wasn't until I was 16 that this world was opened up to me. But then it hit me with full force. I guess the sound of the blockbuster movies with big orchestral film scores had in a way prepared me for the sound of the orchestra. But with a voice, it was different. In my early 20s, I was part of a new music environment in Oslo where high modernism, free improv, structural complexity and post-modernism all went into a joyful mess concocted with the fellow composers like Lars-Peter Hagen, Trond Reinholdsen and uh, Maya Ratsia. But the music that I grew up with was the pop music of the 80s and the 70s, and even the 60s. The vocal ideal in all of this music is, of course, radically different from that of the trained voice. And when I was a composition student at the academy, my fellow students who were singers would discuss the natural voice, and I would never understand what they were talking about. Their trained voices sounded so cultivated, so unnatural to my ears. To me, the natural voice would be Prince singing Alphabet Street. But of course, this is a fiction. The pop voice has no less a posture or a cultivation than the lead voice or even the operatic voice. It's situated quite differently in a sociological perspective, but... When I started working with the Schubert Lounge songs, I quickly realized that my untrained voice did not come without its own aura, pop pathos. And I understood that I'm deeply invested in this pathos when it comes to the human voice. So I formulated the following working hypothesis. What if Schubert was a singer-songwriter, not in the 1820s, but in the 1970s? And I think we can establish without question that he was a singer-songwriter. He used to play his songs to a circle of friends in Vienna, and he would often sing in companions himself on the piano. A kind of Viennese Elton John, maybe? I would love to have been at one of those parties. At this point, I should mention an important circumstance for uh, starting working with the Schubert Lounge. I was doing an artistic research fellowship at the time, three years where I was full-time dedicated to making musical works, investigating music as site, situation, and repetition, as I phrased it in the subtitle of my project. Now, artistic research is a much debated topic, but a great side effect is that it gives you time to work, concentrated, without commissions, for a long period of time. And I had investigated the orchestral site and the chamber music situation, and I had no intention of working with a lead, but that day when I more or less unconsciously sat down with Schubert, I understood that I wanted to investigate a more intimate musical space, the house concert. And this was, of course, the original context of Schubert's songs, not the big stage with shining Steinways and paying audience, but the intimate space of a house with a circle of friends. So after trying out a few more songs, I decided to invite a couple of dozen of my best friends here to my working loft in Oslo and play them my Schubert songs. And in keeping with the original context of these songs, there would be drinking and talking and socializing also. I had found my voice, as it were, but then there was the question of the piano. I prepared the songs on my old phaser that my parents bought when I was 12 and started to show interest in actually learning to read music. And sitting at this Same piano really gives me a bittersweet feeling of time spent, and time lost, and sometimes of time found. But anyway, in keeping with my vision of Schubert as a singer-songwriter of the 70s, I decided to go for a Fender Rhodes electric piano, the Steinway of the singer-songwriter. For the recording of the songs, I went to a good friend of mine here in Oslo, who is a proper pop singer. His name is Bernhoft, and in his studio we produced a handful of the songs and some of them were published on a Schubert Lounge EP. And a full album of new recordings is coming up uh, later this year. It's been nine years since the first EP, so with this pace I will probably have recreated maybe 30 songs by the time I'm 70. But that's okay. As I said, this is a labor of love. It's the work of the amateur, the Liebhaber, and it can take its own sweet time. (laughs)
0: The sea is glittering wide and far A light in evening glow We sat and watched in a summer house We sat in silence alone The girls were flying high Love filled your eyes A tear fell down on your tiny hand I faltered down and I drank it up on my knees
1: This was The Sea, my fantasy on one of the songs from the posthumous collection Schwangesang. And it's still me alone at the piano. I played Schubert Lounge solo for a few years at festivals and uh, small gatherings, but then I started to do collaborations, doing it with jazz ensembles or with festivals players at uh, classical chamber music festivals. And at one of my house concerts, a friend who is a great classical baritone, proposed that we do a collaboration with my Schubert songs and with his proper classical versions, and that I'd write new music for him based on uh, Schubert material. So we brought Oslo Sinfonietta into the project, and after a while Schubert Lounge had grown to a full evening performance with three singers and ensemble. We premiered it at Eclat in Stuttgart and started to tour with it. And then everything shut down with the pandemic. But hopefully we'll be able to pick it up when things start moving again. The first song I played you was almost verbatim Schubert. This second one not so much. I'll try to say a few words about my method in reshaping these songs. First of all, I've tried to use my very limited knowledge of the German lead and turn it around and use it as an asset, this limitation. Because I've listened to loads of different Schubert recordings that were all new to me with different singers from different periods. And I listened for a melodic phrase or a harmonic detail, something that would resonate with me intuitively and give me a space to dream in. And when I'd found that hook, I'd listen to the song a few times, but then before I knew it too well, start playing around with it. um, Sometimes um, I would take out the score and and use Schubert's original as a guide. Other times, just go off on a tangent and start filling in my own stuff in the blanks left by not really knowing the song. And I see this method as related to what uh, architect Rem Koolhaas called the paranoid critical method. He borrowed this phrase from Salvador Dali, and it points to a mindset where you try to induce a certain paranoia, not in the sense of persecution mania, but as a suspicion that Reality is not quite what it seems. And then, after evoking an artistic image in this way, you start applying your critical forces to the matter at hand. And that's what I tried to do with Schubert. First, I tried to access these songs, or rather fragments of songs, um, in a kind of a dream state, on a dream level. I tried to dislodge them from the reality of 200 years of Schubert interpretation. And then, When I have this image before me, I start to work at it to shape it the best way I can. And since I'm a terrible pianist and an untrained singer, I have to practice a lot to make this work. And in this whole process, I never write anything down. All the Schubert Lounge songs are played by heart, embodied in my composer's body. That's where I store them. And it's my way of trying to own them, to make them my own. Before playing one more song, I will admit that I'm probably part of a trend in new music, namely the composer taking to the stage. We see it in the performance lecture, the instrumental theater, in voice improvisation or do-it-yourself opera. Composers are no longer comfortable with just being a spirit in the dark or maybe hovering over a mixing table somewhere there in the back of the concert hall. And this is, of course, parallel to the performer wanting to make his or her own music, no longer leaving composition to the composers alone. And I discovered that my Liebhaber amateur take on Schubert was a way for me into his songs, as well as a path out to an audience that maybe doesn't identify much with the rest of my music. And this take on Schubert is not a question of unlearning, since I never learned to sing or play at a professional level, It's about something else. It's about finding out that I can love Schubert's songs if I get to love them in my own way.